The Truth News Network. Carly Simon in the 70s said, These are the good old days. Isn't it scary how true that has become? Because, well, except for the hair and the clothes, you know what doesn't go out of style? The truth. And we're TNN. We deal exclusively in the truth. And your master of the zeitgeist is Dan Newman. I don't think I'm the master of anything, but uh, what we are doing here, and thanks to you, we continue to do it now for four years, is seek out facts. Find facts, find the truth, the things that are important to you and to all of us. Those are the things that we chase here at Truth News Live. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Tuesday, a big show. We're getting started with probably the biggest story of the election cycle. We're going to do that. Plus, today, Tuesday, Steve Baker, our correspondent from Washington, D.C. and North Carolina. Who knows where he's going to be, what zip code he's in. But he joins us in our second hour every Tuesday to talk about the big news of the day, things that many of us miss But Steve, being an investigative consultant, that's what I'll call him, but he's he's a journalist, he's right in the middle of some things because of contacts and geography and the fact that he interacts with a bunch of the members of the D.C. swamp. He brings us new and exciting information, things that we can use to make some good choices and decisions. Well, because it's going to be a rough ride today, I looked for a song to start the show that I thought might just calm you down a bit, maybe for just a little bit, make you comfortable that everything is okay and everything's going to be okay. So I found an old Simon and Garfunkel song, but done with a little flair that really is very gentle and soothing. Scarborough Affair. Remember that song? Well, there's a little different spin on this and a little different sound, and it's going to make you feel better, better on this Tuesday. Here's Sergio Mendez and Brazil 66.
Brothers could credibly call that some of Dad's elevator music. I don't know about you, but I need some elevator music, whatever I can find to calm me down because it is just getting hotter and hotter and more evil spreading across our nation. And, of course, the epicenter of it all is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's where President Joe Biden is living right now in the White House. In our show today, we're going to take you to the White House. We're going to talk about what he celebrated. Yeah, the President of the United States, what he celebrated and who he celebrated it with. And if you didn't see any of the footage about it or hear much about it, it's jaw-dropping. We're going to share that and a whole lot more. But guess what the 900-pound gorilla in the room is about today? Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. He just dropped another bomb on the Biden administration on Uncle Joe and Hunter Biden about corruption and bribery. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it is getting very, very clear with uncontroverted evidence. This president, while he was vice president under Barack Obama, accepted bribes. Jesse Waters, the first to break this story late yesterday. Fox News alert. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa has just revealed something that Joe Biden, the FBI and the Justice Department have been trying to hide for years. This allegation, if true, should lead either to the impeachment or immediate resignation of Joe Biden. Primetime was shocked when we found this out just a few hours ago, but it would back up everything that the media has been lying to you about. And if uncovered, would sink Joe Biden's presidency and candidacy immediately. We believe that Joe Biden has been blackmailed by this for years, which would explain why he acts the way he does. Ukraine has tapes of Joe Biden. Ukraine has tapes of Hunter Biden. The highly credible FBI informant says that the Burisma executive who allegedly bribed Joe Biden $5 million to fire the prosecutor has audio recordings of Joe and of Hunter. These audio recordings were kept as an insurance policy in case the Burisma executive got cornered. Here was Senator Grassley on the Senate floor moments ago revealing for the first time that Joe and Hunter Biden may have been captured on recordings with the Burisma executive in Ukraine. You ready? 17 different times. Grassley also reveals that Joe Biden may have gotten Hunter Biden hired at Burisma. And if you thought couldn't get any more corrupt, it does. The FBI, when it finally released this document with these allegations to House Oversight, redacted out the part about the audio recording. The 1023 produced to the House committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17. Why would the FBI redact that a Burisma executive has Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on tape? Well, they're either covering up for Joe Biden for political reasons or they're blackmailing Joe Biden. Senator Chuck Grassley continues to detail this explosive development. Listen. 
The foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. The foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. These tapes, if they exist, should immediately make Kamala Harris the Democratic nominee for president. There is no way Joe Biden can continue his candidacy or presidency once these tapes are released. In addition, Grassley says Joe Biden was instrumental in getting Hunter the job at Burisma. The 1023 also indicates that then Vice President Joe Biden may have been involved in Burisma employing Hunter Biden. These revelations, if verified, prove Joe Biden's lied repeatedly to the American people and to the American press. Joe Biden has repeatedly stated that he has no idea what his son was doing in Ukraine. He had no idea what his son did for a living, and he never talked to his son about business, and that he never dealt directly with Burisma or fired the prosecutor investigating Burisma for $5 million. Remember, Donald Trump was impeached for zeroing in on this scandal. And we're now learning that Donald Trump may have been right the whole time and that Joe Biden and the media and the FBI sat back and watched Donald Trump get impeached for fingering a guilty man. For putting his finger on the disgusting corruption that the Biden family was involved in when he was vice president. And isn't it amazing that years after these tapes were made, Ukraine is at war on Joe Biden's watch? And billions and billions of dollars are pouring from our treasury into Ukraine unaccounted for. When Donald Trump's phone call with the Ukrainian president blew up, what did you hear from the left? Release the transcript. Well, now primetime is calling on the Biden administration, the FBI and the Department of Justice. Release the tapes. Isn't it interesting that the Department of Justice leaked Donald Trump on tape talking about a document he had? But they sit on 17 tapes of Joe and Hunter wheeling and dealing with the corrupt Burisma executive in Ukraine, which has been at the center of an impeachment and at the center of American defense policy. Is the cover up about money? Is it about power or is it about the war in Ukraine? Every Republican politician should be demanding during any interview, release the tapes before this evidence is destroyed in a war or stuffed in a locker with a transgender shooter manifesto. I mean, at this point, the only thing keeping the Biden presidency alive is the sinister and seditious American media. Now, my mom came over the house on Sunday and we were talking politics. I kept trying to tell her about the Biden family taking bribes from China, Ukraine. She said, where's the proof, Jesse? Well, since when did she care about proof? She never asked for proof of Russian collusion. But I said, mom, Congress has the bank records. They held a press conference. She said, son, I never heard about it. I said, mom, all you do is read the New York Times. My mom reads the New York Times front to back every single day. She's done it for the last 10 years, maybe 20. Imagine reading the newspaper every day and not knowing what the news is. She didn't know anything about the Presidential Records Act. She didn't know about the Obama judge ruling presidents get to decide which records are personal and which aren't. She didn't know Biden had documents scattered around Chinatown and next to his Corvette with the garage door open. She never heard of the Chinese bribes, never heard of the Ukraine bribes. And there are millions and millions of people just like my mom. Now, 
if they just read the paper or watched the nightly news, they have no idea what's going on in the country. All they hear is that Trump's a scoundrel who's going to prison. And we have a news media that's intentionally not telling us the news. How can we have free and fair elections if voters aren't not only misinformed, they're not informed at all. Half the country has no idea how corrupt and sloppy Biden is. Never used to be like this. The media would spin stories. Now they don't even tell you the story. My mom says, well, why doesn't the media report any of this stuff? I said, well, they do. Well, if you see it, they bury it maybe in one article on NBCNews.com. But you're not going to see it on TV. They're not going to follow up. They're not going to pursue it. Any story about Biden, they vaporize. Joe Biden's losing to Trump, so he's having him arrested. (laughs) And the whole country has no idea what's going on. Put the corruption aside for a second. Hunter Biden's throwing around the N-word, and the media's not covering it. First time they never covered a white guy saying the N-word. And whatever happened to the Me Too movement? Hunter puts chicks in show colds, dangles money and promotions in front of them. No coverage. Me? I got something caught in my eye one time. I blinked. And they accused me of winking and flirting. Hunter's sleeping with Chinese spies. The Chinese are lining the Biden's pockets with gifts, cash, and diamonds. And Trump's being charged with espionage. Joe and Barack flew a billion dollars in cash to the Iranians in the middle of the night. Trump's being accused of espionage. Trump waved one document in front of an American, and he's putting us at risk. Meanwhile, every Democrat server is getting hacked. Joe's spreading classified documents all over Chinatown. Swalwell's sleeping with spies. Feinstein's being driven by spies. So how do we combat this? Republicans have developed a new strategy. Anytime a Republican's being interviewed on TV, they don't answer the question asked. They hijack the interview and tell the audience the truth. Tell the audience the truth. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe in the middle of that audio report there from Jesse, Jesse Waters, primetime last night on Fox News, in the middle of it, he reveals something, but he didn't concentrate on it, but just for a few seconds. You know the worst part in this whole thing? The most dangerous part of this whole brand new saga that's been put out there? By the FBI, it's been put out. Now, why is that? Christopher Ray, the FBI director, is the one that makes the final decisions on stuff like this. Redacting a portion of that 1023 document that lawmakers were not allowed to see or touch. They didn't get copies of it. They were only allowed to go into a skiff in the basement of the Capitol where they could look at it through a glass, but they couldn't touch it. And there were heavy redactions. And if you've seen documents that parts of or redacted, it's black that's put over them, and there's no way you can see anything underneath it. Christopher Ray's FBI redacted from that document the whistleblower telling the FBI that there are 17 audio recordings that this big shot in Ukraine at Burisma Holdings has in his possession. And those 17 recordings implicate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in massive bribery. Ray knowingly hid that from the American people, hid it from the U.S. Congress, when the Congress had subpoenaed that document. Now, just imagine, flip 
flip the whole thing around. What if this happened when Donald Trump was president and the FBI had arbitrarily decided to do something similar and they would hide stuff from the American people, from Congress? When the truth came out about it, if it did come out, which is highly unlikely, but if there was a whistleblower that came out and reported this, what would the left be doing? They would be going stark raving mad. Now you watch what's not going to happen in the coming days. Will if we ever hear anything, any conversation about these audio files that are available from this mega millionaire in Ukraine. What is the media going to do? They're not going to say anything. They're covering for whoever the Democrat is in power in the White House. That's what they do. They consider themselves the lapdogs of power in Washington, D.C. Places like the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, NBC News, CBS News, ABC News, they cover for whoever the leftist of the day is in political leadership in Washington. That, my friends, should scare us all to death. So the other night, Trey Gowdy, who's one of my favorites, he is, uh, now he does a weekly Fox News show on Sunday night. And he's really good. He's a former federal prosecutor. He was in Congress as a member of the House of Representatives from South Carolina. And he found out and started revealing some things, evidence about Joe Biden. It's kind of ironic that this this story you're about to hear came from Fox on Sunday night. And the next day, evidence comes out damning the President of the United States, and of course his son Hunter, for their financial wrongdoing. Welcome back to Sunday Night in America. When someone is arrested, indicted, tried, convicted, or sentenced, there are multiple layers of review. Prosecutors, defense attorneys, judges, juries, appellate courts, and you can review those decisions. But what happens when there is no arrest, no charge, no prosecution, Who gets to review that? Neither Hunter Biden nor Joe Biden has been charged with anything. It could be there is no evidentiary basis for charging. It could be there is some evidence, but not enough. It could be there is plenty of evidence and someone has his thumb on the scale. How will you know if no one gets to review the evidence, which is why Congress wants to see what the FBI has? Congress formed the FBI and DOJ. Congress funds those agencies. When you start something and you pay for something, you should be able to see if that something is working as intended. We know a couple of things. A source deemed credible by the FBI relayed serious allegations against President Biden. Just because a person is credible does not mean the information is. Honest people can get exposed to unreliable information, but you should investigate to see. The FBI opened an investigation into President Trump based on a conversation in a bar. If you're wondering, that's not great evidence. 
It's at least double hearsay. But he was investigated for years. What about President Biden? How did the FBI handle allegations against him? What about Rachel Rollins, the Biden-appointed U.S. attorney for Massachusetts? DOJ told DOJ she made a false statement, and yet nothing was done. So which false statements get the attention of Biden's Justice Department, and which ones do not? Why the disparate treatment? Congress is entitled to review decisions not to charge. Congress cannot interfere with an investigation, but Congress can certainly ask what is taking so long and whether there is different treatment for different people. House Oversight Chairman James Comer from the great state of Kentucky joins us now. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Chairman. Tell us what you wanted from the Bureau and why you wanted it. Well, the reason we wanted this information is we had whistleblowers approach Senator Grassley about uh, their concern that there was this Form 1023 in existence and the FBI had never investigated it. Uh, so we requested the form. And honestly, Trey, the FBI tried to act like for weeks that the form didn't exist. And not until Senator Grassley and I got on the phone with Director Ray and Senator Grassley told Director Ray that both uh, Senator Grassley and myself had already read the Form 1023 from a whistleblower, so we knew darn well it existed. Did he finally admit that it did exist? So once uh, the FBI allowed me and Jamie Raskin, uh, my counterpart on the House uh, Oversight Committee, to go in and look at it, I read it again and I realized that there were two footnotes in there that referenced other 1023s. So, you know, this is going to turn out, I think, a lot like the suspicious activity reports that the Treasury Cabinet had on the Bidens. There are a lot more of these than what the federal government wants to admit. And the question is, why hasn't the federal government done anything about it? I mean, we've already brought out, Trey, and you know, that the Biden family had 20 shell companies, that the sole purpose, it appears, for those shell companies was to launder money through six different banks, and the banks called it money laundering in the suspicious activity reports. They laundered money from foreign nationals and then transferred that money to nine different Biden family members. I mean, this is a serious crime that it appears the only entity in, a, in the world that's investigating it is the House Oversight Committee. Speaking of House Oversight and your colleague, Jamie Raskin, he said the matter was investigated and closed. I want you to listen to this, and then I'll ask you a question on the other side, Chairman. That was checked out um, by the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania, Scott Brady, and that um, assessment of this tip came back empty-handed. They said there's no grounds to escalate this from an initial assessment to a full-blown criminal investigation or a preliminary investigation. They said there just wasn't enough there. Now, A.G. Barr, um, who has a, a, a very complicated relationship with President Trump, says that's completely false. Uh, that, that He didn't close it. Uh, what can you tell us? Oh, Raskin says it was looked at and closed. Was it? No, Jamie Raskin lied. And the FBI told us that it was still a part of an ongoing investigation. So what I believe has happened, Trey, is that according to Bill Barr, 
then Attorney General, they got the Form 1023, and because it was from one of the FBI's most credible, highest paid, most trusted, most effective informants, they took it seriously, but they didn't look into it. They just passed it along to the U.S. Attorney in Delaware. So what, what Jamie Raskins is talking about isn't even the same thing. The Form 1023 pertaining to Joe Biden and bribery was passed along, according to the FBI and Bill Barr, to the U.S. Attorney in Delaware who was investigating Joe Biden. It also may be turned over to the special counsel. Remember, there's a special counsel investigating Joe Biden for mishandling classified documents. He just hasn't been in the news a lot. So according to the FBI and according to Bill Barr, Joe Biden is currently under investigation for bribery. And this gets lost in translation because the, the media is so focused on, on Donald Trump. Look, here's what we know. There are 20 shell companies, at least, and probably more, uh, that, that were laundering money from foreign nationals, including Romania, including money being sent less than two weeks after Joe Biden left there as vice president, uh, delivering foreign aid and, and talking about foreign policy. This Form 1023 alleges the exact same thing happened in Ukraine. And the reason I think it's credible, Trey, is because this was dated, this last 1023, in June or July of, of 2020, three years before anybody knew about the shell companies and knew that the Bidens were laundering money through six different American banks. In the 1023, the informant says that the payee alleges that he paid the bribe to the Bidens and, and that no one would ever find it because the way they set it up, they, they transferred the money through so many different banks, it would take 10 years for investigators to find out. So he laid out the case for what we've already proven, that the Bidens had all these shell companies set up while he was vice president to be able to uh, uh, profit and, and then launder the money down to the Biden families. Chairman Jamie Comer, and you had to threaten to hold the FBI director in contempt of Congress just to get what he claimed didn't exist. Chairman, thank you for joining yep. us on a yep. Sunday night. Thanks for having me, Trey. Think about this. You just heard things, actual evidentiary things that happened in the Obama administration. Now, I don't know about you, but when it was announced by President Obama that he was going to name the vice president, Joe Biden, over Ukraine, matters to do with Ukraine, I thought, why the heck would the president do that? What's the big deal about Ukraine? Ukraine is a former part of the Soviet Union, and it's strategically located there, but there's nothing that goes on in Ukraine. You know, they don't go to war. They don't have a big military. Why would we need to name our vice president or anybody in the United States be the go-between between the U.S. and Ukraine? Now, you think that through. Think about what we just were told yesterday, late yesterday, and we're hearing more and more information about it today. Phone calls. Now, why would anybody in a foreign country, why would they think it was necessary for them to keep audio of phone calls with the vice president of the United States and do it in secret? There's only one reason 
that would be necessary. The only reason that anybody in a position of power would think they needed to do that. They're dealing with somebody they don't trust. They don't want to get caught in a situation where they're thrown to the dirt themselves if any of this comes out. So they record it for one of two reasons, to cover up just in case they've got something to refer back to, or, now listen to this, to blackmail, to blackmail the people on those recordings. So now we know there are 17 audio sound bites of conversations, two of them between Joe Biden and this billionaire in Ukraine, and the other 15 between Hunter. We always wondered why Burisma Holdings would pay Hunter Biden $83,000 a month to sit on the board of Burisma Holding, which has been known for decades as the most financially vile company in Ukraine and across Europe. If you needed to launder money, Ukraine was the place you went. So why would Barack Obama put Joe Biden in Ukraine with those contacts? And he made multiple trips to Ukraine. Let me remind you of something. Right after this came to light, we had Dunstan Teo on our show. We've had him on four times now. Who is Dunstan? He's one of the co-creators of Bitcoin. He is the owner of the largest number of Bitcoins anywhere in the world. He's a cryptocurrency guru. And if you don't think he is, look him up. Dunstan, D-U-N-S-T-A-N, Teo, T-E-O. He's a good friend of mine. I just spent, when I was in Africa, he was there with me. I spent 10 days face-to-face with him in meetings every day. He's the real deal. He came on this show You remember when Sam Bankman Freed owned FTX and it busted and it destroyed billions of dollars of investors' money because they were spending the money. They being Sam Bankman Freed and people that worked in his inner circle, they were losing money that people had invested in FTX, trusting them to invest it for them to give them return on their money. Dunstan Teo came on this show and told us live that a chunk, a big chunk of the Ukrainian dollars that the United States sent, the first $100 billion, it didn't go in the form of a check or a wire transfer from the U.S. Treasury to the Ukrainian government. No, 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 no. It didn't happen that way. It was sent as cryptocurrency and Sam Bankman-Fried's mother, who happens to be on the board of the Clinton Foundation, some of that cryptocurrency money went there, directly from FTX to the Clinton Foundation. Have you heard anything about that? That is well known. It's out there in the blogosphere. We have a lot of people that listen to this show. They heard Dunstan Teo who is a very credible witness, he saw the transactions take place. And oh, by the way, a bunch of it went to 
Volodymyr Zelensky's cryptocurrency account personally, not to a crypto account for the nation of Ukraine, but to Volodymyr Zelensky. Have you wondered through these months now why every couple of days, even over the weekend, we heard another two and a half billion dollars Joe Biden was sending to aid Ukraine. It's a billion here, two billion there, and it happens over and over every week. No accountability. Nobody in government has stepped forward. The inspector general of whatever department is overseeing Ukraine's documents and money and all the military aid that we're sending, nobody's looking at it. Nobody's talking about it. And meanwhile, more and more money goes to Ukraine. I'm going to quote myself. Anytime you ever hear something in government and it just smells a little bit and you wonder what's really going on, what have I always told all of you? When you have those kind of questions, follow the money. You want answers? Follow the money. I would think that the U.S. Treasury, if nobody else, when the FTX thing happened, they can go look at the FTX background and documents and the accounts, and they would see where that Ukrainian money went, especially after it was reported that a chunk of it, a huge chunk of it, went as cryptocurrency. Nobody's talking about that. And now we've got two conundrums in this 17 phone call situation we're dealing with. The fact that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, they have been proven with the evidence in those phone calls that they did participate in bribery. That's number one. The second, Christopher Ray the director of the FBI, knew about it the whole time and had that 1023 document told them to redact out of that document the information about those 17 audio phone calls. Does that sound like we have a corrupt government to you? I think we all suspected it, but there's no question now. What Joe Biden is doing today It makes what Richard Nixon did that got him to resign as president of the United States. Joe Biden makes Richard Nixon be just like George Washington in American history. In other words, Joe Biden is far more corrupt than Richard Nixon was. 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began. Nobody puts baby in the corner. This is the real Dirty Dance. Eight celebrities compete to become the real baby and Johnny. Where my Johnny is? Some will rise. Some will fall. All will have the time of their life. The Real Dirty Dancing four-week event. Starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5. 
Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. ABC Tonight, it's all about big cash. Here we go! And big crash. <laughs> On the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, one star will spin it. Give me the money! To win it all. The big winner of $1 million. Then, host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Sweep. On your carts! Get set! And we're going to need a cleanup on every aisle. You are on fire! It all starts tonight, 8, 7 Central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. What? Crawl or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries, was $4.79, now just $2.99. But act now, or later, because these Staples everyday price cuts will be around for a really, really long time. Price cuts, like a two-pack of Scotch Magic Tape, previously $4.79, now just $2.99. And Scotch Packaging Tape, now just $2.29 for today, tomorrow, and pretty much every day till the cows come home. But don't hurry. These everyday price cuts are indefinite. To repeat, these prices will last. So stop by your nearest Staples whenever it's convenient and take advantage of these normal, continuing, everyday price cuts. Thank you. Need more cowbell? Better yet, how about the ring of truth? TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. You know that cowbell thing, I don't, I don't, I don't get them. I really don't understand it. For years I did the uh, color commentary on the Louisiana Tech Football Network, and we played at Mississippi State a couple of times, and pretty much everybody in the stadium had one of those stinking cowbells. And at certain points in the game, they would start ringing those things. Oh my gosh, you could hear that for miles. It was aggravating. And it didn't really do anything. I get it. That's just a way that fans can, you know, circle up around their team and support them. Cowbells. No, Pete Moss. (laughs) I don't need any more cowbells. Well, while all of this news was coming out about the Joe Biden and the Biden family syndicate yesterday, Joe Biden was busy. He was really busy. He's been in the trans activist stuff. So yesterday, they had a bunch of trans activists at the White House. And some of those activists filmed themselves flaunting their breaths their breasts in front of the White House. And that was all happening during President Biden's Pride Month celebration, causing an uproar on social media, as you can only imagine. A TikTok influencer who goes by the name of Rose Montoya. Rose is a biological male who, we are told, Rose tells us that uh, he's transgender, originally posted the video from Saturday's event. Now, that didn't happen yesterday, but it just came out yesterday. It shows Montoya 
and another unnamed transgender activist who is a biological female bearing their breaths on the south lawn with the White House in perfect view right behind them. It's an honor, Mr. President, the activist told him. Trans rights are human rights. Biden is then seen holding the camera in an attempt to take a selfie with Montoya and other attendees, but the camera was set to video mode. (laughs) Poor Joe, he can't even get a camera to work right. Now the White House didn't uh, respond to a request for comment when they were asked about this. Biden hosted the Pride Month 2023 event at his presidential residence, decorating the area in the grounds of the White House with rainbow banners and the Progress Pride flag. And yesterday we talked to you about he got in a bunch of trouble with that flag at the White House. Nothing's supposed to be above the Stars and Stripe. And that one was over the weekend. The event was hosting performers and speakers that represent LGBTQ causes. And everybody in it lauded the Pride community the president did as the bravest and most inspiring people and an example for the U.S. and the entire world. Just get warm and fuzzy about things like that. You know, inclusiveness. He is the great uniter, Joe Biden. It's what he promised he was going to do. And then every moment after he was inaugurated, he has pushed to divide us all. So, outside the gates of this house, this is the First Lady Jill Biden talking. Outside the gates of this house are those who want to drag our country backwards. And so many battles yet to be braved. But today, we're not here to be strong. We're not here to be courageous even though for so many of you, just coming to this event is an act of bravery, Jill said. She also praised the LGBTQ community as some of the bravest and most inspiring people we have ever known. The president said, you know, we all move forward when we move together with your joy, with your pride lighting the way. So today, let us proudly remember who we are, the United States of America. That just gave me warm and fuzzy feelings, and I, I, just, I just had to share that with you. So back for just a moment. Let's go back to the Joe Biden thing. You heard in that sound audio bite that uh, Jesse Waters did, he demanded that Joe Biden either resign or be impeached. Now, Impeachment, that keeps coming up, keeps coming up. Donald Trump was impeached twice. So Harvard Law Professor Emeritus and Civil Libertarian Alan Dershowitz, here's what he said about the Joe Biden stuff. He said there's enough evidence for the House to start an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden for bribery. Kind of a timely visit to Fox News over the weekend for Dershowitz. Host Joel Pollack on a show asked Dershowitz about the timing of the indictment, which was delivered on the day that the FBI was compelled to give Congress a document reportedly implicating then-Vice President Biden in bribery. That information alleging Biden's involvement in a $5 million bribery scheme 
tied to Ukrainian business interests, came after revelations of those indirect payments from that Chinese company, CEFC, to members of the Biden family. Could the Republican-led House investigate Joe Biden for bribery, which is one of the explicitly impeachable offenses in the Constitution, based on the evidence they've seen so far? Show host Pollock asked Dershowitz that. Of course, Dershowitz replied. There is enough to investigate. There's a big gulf between enough to investigate and enough to establish probable cause, enough to indict. We're not even close to the latter, but enough to investigate? Of course. I mean, the FBI statement by the so-called reliable informant, if they believe it to be true, gives them enough to investigate. And of course, the House, when it was controlled by Democrats, went very, very far in investigating Donald Trump. And as I said at the time, this is Dershowitz talking, they'll be tit for tat when the Republicans gain control of the House. They'll do the same thing, he continued. I'd prefer to see mutual disarmament, but you can't have unilateral disarmament. If one side weaponizes the impeachment and the criminal justice system both, you can expect the other side will do as well. And by the way, Dershowitz also added that the indictment of Trump, while serious, it falls short of the Richard Nixon standard as well as the Hillary Clinton standard set by the DOJ when it chose not to investigate the leading Democrat Party candidate for president despite evidence that she destroyed classified information. Of course, there he's talking about Hillary Clinton. Even with the recorded statements by Trump, this case isn't nearly as strong as the one that led to President Nixon's resignation back in 74. Nixon was almost certainly guilty of destroying evidence, bribing witnesses, and other acts of obstruction. Many of the charges in this case are matters of degree, nor have prosecutors any evidence that Mr. Trump's actions damaged national security more than those of Mr. Biden, Mr. Pence, and Mrs. Clinton did. And by the way, Dershowitz represented Trump in his second impeachment trial, but he also voted against the former president in his two runs for president. Dershowitz said no. In both elections, he didn't like Trump. So anyway, what's happening elsewhere in our world? Well, consumer prices, we were told early this morning, they are up. Core inflation is still running hot. The Consumer Price Index, if you're unsure what it is, it's one of the key barometers of what consumers pay for goods and services, and they check it every month. It rose 4% last month from a year earlier, according to the Labor Department. Core Consumer Price Index, which excludes food and energy prices. I've never understood why they throw those two out, because those are two of the biggest things we spend money on. Anyway, the Core Consumer Price Index was up 5.3% on a 12-month basis. Compared with a month earlier, core prices were up 0.4%. The figures were largely in line with what the experts expected. Economists did forecast 4.1% for headline inflation 
and 5.3% for core inflation. For the year, both of those, core and headline inflation, are down from a month earlier. In April, the CPI was up 4.9% on a 12-month basis, and core CPI was up 5.5%. On a month-to-month basis, the gain is down from 0.4% in April. Core inflation's monthly rate, however, is unchanged from April's 0.4%. What do all these numbers tell us? <laughs> Let me just tell you. They tell us we're still in trouble economically in the United States. We're nowhere near turning this big ship around and inflation is driving consumers into the ground. I mean, literally driving consumers into the ground. You can't go to a grocery store today. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a man in our household. I'm not the guy that goes shopping at the grocery store every week, but I do go about once a week, at least once a week. And the changes at my store that I go to Kroger is the chain that we go to. We have one really close to us, and we love the store. We love their products, but you can't go to Kroger. We can't go to Kroger, and we've gone to other stores just to compare. It is unbelievable, the price for everything, and how much those prices have escalated just over the last few months. I mean, crazy stuff. You want to buy a watermelon? I mean, we live in the South. You could go to the grocery store. I mean, every year, my entire life, and if you spent three bucks for a good watermelon, you were getting ripped off. They're seven, eight, nine dollars in the same places, in the same stores. And that's just one example. Gas, it's back up now at the $3 a gallon level. All of this due to the decisions that this president made on Inauguration Day when he killed the the pipeline project and put 40,000 construction workers, he sent them to other jobs or the unemployment lines. And immediately, we lost the ability to tell our citizens that we are energy independent which we had achieved under Donald Trump in his last year in the White House. And that was the first time it had happened since the early 70s. We were exporting oil and gas. And now our government authorities are on their knees begging members of OPEC to not raise their price per gallon per barrel on oil. And we were selling our excess oil two months before Joe Biden was elected president. We could go all day on that stuff. Don't forget Steve Baker at the top of the hour. That's in about seven minutes. And an announcement we made yesterday, I'll tell you now, next Monday is a special day here because Dr. Judy Mikovits is going to join us live For the whole two hours, if we keep her going and we can't get to the end of the information she gives us. Now, who is Dr. Judy Bankovitz? Well, she worked side-by-side with Anthony Fauci throughout his investigations and his digital work 
back in the 90s trying to come up with a cure, a vaccine for HIV AIDS. She is an infectious doctor research scientist. She is incredible. She came on our show in May of 2021. Now that was a significant thing that happened in the timing. She couldn't come before then. And the reason she couldn't is Anthony Fauci years earlier went after her, had black ops come to her house and arrest her in the middle of the night. They took her somewhere. She still doesn't know where she was, put her in a jail cell and kept her there for over two weeks in which they interrogated her every day, demanding she turned over information and documents that she had prepared because Fauci wanted them to get them published by one of his friends. There were patents involved in it, and that in patents is where research scientists make a lot of their money. Anyway, to get out of that situation, she had to sign she had to sign a gag order. Judge issued a gag order, and for years she couldn't speak about any of that stuff. TNN Live was the first place she came. And she spent two hours, and the magic was everything she predicted that was going to happen in the Anthony Fauci saga, every single thing happened. Everything she warned us about, vaccines, a push for vaccines, masks, social distancing, stay inside, don't integrate with other people, all those things she told us he was going to do. And she gave us the science that said he shouldn't do those things. They were going to be bad for Americans. Oh, my gosh. But she's going to be with us next next Monday. Uh, she called me and left me a message confirming that two days ago. So I'm excited about that. Tell everybody you know. And when we come back, (laughs) who's going to be with us? Our buddy, Steve Baker. He's here every Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and he's back right after this. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. A wild-caught filio fish and a sizzly double cheeseburger. Well, they are two classics that never go out of style. Hold on. Wait. You're assembling a Surf Plus Turf McDonald's hack, which must make you a menu hacker. Yes, the Surf Plus Turf, available only on the McDonald's app. You get free medium fries and a drink. Oh, someone opened the app. I need to order and build one immediately. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for a contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. See the bold new expression of sporty style. Hear the amazing quietness of a truly luxurious cabin. Feel the exceptional horsepower and amazing torque. 
and experience greater acceleration than ever before. Behold, the most powerful sedan in its class. The new Toyota Camry. Real power, absolute performance. Discover the new Camry at toyota.com.my. You know, I was always told that we can find out who people are by looking at the people they hang around with. And let me just say this. I must be a really smart guy because I hang around with some really smart people. Probably the smartest man I know and the hardest working journalist I know is Steve Baker. And with that, Mr. Baker, good morning. Morning, Mr. Dan. How are you today? I am good. I uh, I know you were listening to the show earlier, and I know you're plugged into a lot of things in D.C. that we're not. And that pride thing that happened over the weekend and all of the happenings actually flowed into yesterday. That's some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen, especially we've never seen anything like that on the lawn of the White House where women, well, identifying women, <laughs> were um, picking up their shirts and showing their uh, boob jobs that they got, biological males that are now self-identifying as men. So you watched a lot of that. Let's get this segment started. What are your thoughts? Well, Dan, obviously, I was appalled when I saw that one particular video. Of course, it was prefaced by the fact that uh, the president himself Sleepy Joe uh, Biden, (laughs) and this is a quote in his speech. He said that these people were the bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. Think about that quote for a second. The bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. And these are the people standing on the White House lawn and engaging in these antics. And it wasn't just a biological man who's had a uh, boob job and is out there topless uh, shaking them around but then there's that uh now infamous photo and video of her excuse me standing next to another him who was actually a biological she who evidently is on a heavy heavy dose of testosterone because this particular biological she has uh, grown chest hair facial hair uh, not a great looking beard but substantial enough to call it a beard And if you zoom in on the still shot of that, you can see the mastectomy scars and you can see that this was in fact a biological woman and they're both topless on the White House lawn. And the only thing that I could think of, Dan, when I saw that was, do you remember that President Ronald Reagan, he was known, I don't think he ever said this, but his aides and his staff members said this about him that he would not even enter the Oval Office without his jacket on. Now, think about that. He lives at the White House. He could wander down in a pair of blue jeans and cowboy boots and a button-down shirt and go into the Oval Office at any time, before hours, after hours. It didn't matter. He's the president. He can do what he wants. But he had enough respect for the office that he would not enter the Oval Office without his jacket on. And then you fast forward just a few years 
And then you've got Clinton's antics in the White House where doing obscene things with the cigar and his intern and then doing other obscene with his, obscene things with his intern under the desk while he's on a uh, diplomatic call with Yasser Arafat. All of this came out in testimony. We know that these stories are true. And now you fast forward just a few more years and you have this taking place on the White House lawn. And it, it begs the question, do, do these people on the left, have they ever even studied the, the fall of nations and empires and the morality decline that leads to those things? And we're seeing it right in front of our eyes. And amazingly, and to, to some of their credit, there's, there's, some, there's some pushback coming from the left on this. You know, when I say from the left, I'm talking about honest liberals. And as we know, honest liberals are classical liberals or people that just believe in liberty and, and uh, they believe in uh, uh, the Bill of Rights. And they're seeing this as, uh, as an overreach and an overstep by the White House. But this White House is doing things like this over and over and over again. I mean, they had, they had this um, uh, athlete's day uh, uh, yesterday was Athletes' Day. It was scheduled. I, I think Biden had some emergency tooth surgery or something, and he wasn't able to make it. But this is where the Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three athletes who have won championships over the last year come in and have a big day of celebration. And what does the what does the White House impose upon these athletes? A punishment, a scarlet letter. If any of these athletes had not taken the COVID vaccine, then they were forced to wear a mask, and to socially distance and to stay six feet away from everyone else. Now, I don't know if any unvaccinated uh, college athletes even exist anymore, but can you imagine that the White House, this is, again, this is not conspiracy, this is not rumor, this is a published statement from the White House, that if any of these athletes were not vaccinated, they had to wear the scarlet mask (laughs) <laughs> the scarlet letter of what I call the mask of subservience. And that's what's coming out of this White House now, Dan. It's top down. It has nothing to do with the people of the nation. It's all about finding ways to ratchet down and control the American populace in stronger and more difficult to deal with ways. And it's basically, it's a it's a social experiment that's playing out before our eyes. We're the pawns in this whole experience. We're the lab rats. And right now, Joe Biden and whoever his handlers are, are the ones that are taking control of the lab rats. And they're seeing just how much of our personal freedoms we are willing to give away to our federal government in the name of safety, in the name of medicine, Whatever they want to put out there is the reason for their egregious lockdown annex against us on a day-to-day basis. And we're just falling right in line. Very few people are pushing back. That in itself bothers me a lot. There are too many people that are not plugging in and getting the facts with which they can make choices and decisions. They're locking in on places like the New York Times, MSNBC, CNN, and that's their information source. So they don't believe anything else they hear. 
And these are a lot of these people are in very important positions in government, outside of government, in businesses. And with the information they're digesting, they're making life-changing decisions for millions of us. Prime example, last year was the first year in history, recent history, where we had more people die than people that were born. And much of that has to do with what happened in our medicine leadership. I don't know if you know this or not, Steve, but uh, we are in a situation now where we've got to make some choices. And instead of just floating out there and just going with the status quo that somebody else puts in our path, we've got to start making the choices that or fundamentally can change who we are and get us back on a path towards freedom, equality, real equality, equality of opportunities, and the ability to be free people again. And I don't see any push in this government to do that. Do you? No, there's not going to be any push in this this particular government to do that because they are Let's just call a spade a spade. They are neo-communists. That's exactly what they are. We, we, don't, we don't live in a country any longer, Dan, where we have a true party of liberty and then a party of you know, quasi-socialism. We now have a country uh, that the Democratic Party fully, fully identifies. They won't say the words. These... these um, legislators on Capitol Hill who are in fact elected Democrats, they're not going to call themselves communists. A couple of them call themselves socialists. You've got Bernie Sanders and you've got AOC and they, they come out. There's a couple of others that are openly quote unquote socialists. But when you look at their votes, when you look at their statements, when you, when you hear their projections and their desires and what they want to happen in this country, they are in fact neo-communists. And then on the other side, we have the socialism light guys that are basically they're driving they're driving the bus over the cliff at 60 miles an hour, whereas the Democratic Party are trying to drive the bus over the cliff at 100 miles an hour. That's really the difference of what we're dealing with in D.C. right now. How do we get people to wake up and make some choices that are the right choices? I mean, there are people that are coming around and really are, they're finding facts on themselves, evidence, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and we'll talk in just a moment about what's going on with Trump, but the numbers, the polling numbers, it shocked a lot of people. I expected it to happen, but since this whole thing about getting indicted and charged with those 37 counts in that indictment, that goes public, you would think that if there is an evil guy that's running for president, the nation would turn against that guy and therefore the people would determine who would be qualified to run in the race for presidency in 2024 and who wouldn't. Listen to what the people have done. Donald Trump's approval numbers rose dramatically over the weekend and all of this happening. CBS News even talked about it. Trump's favorability numbers and his support among Democrats and throwing Democrats into the mix with it, 
of people that are now saying we're going to vote in the 2024 election for president. 61% say Trump is the better choice and DeSantis is at 23%. The numbers are telling us a story that the people are waking up a little bit. Well, they, they continue to tell us the story that Trump is a modern-day cultural phenomenon. And I'm, uh, again, once again, I have to say, I'm the first one to admit this as a non-Trump guy, that think, just think about this. And we talked a little bit about this last week, Dan. Uh, I think maybe when we did kind of our special um, show on Friday about the indictment, is that there is this guy who no matter no matter how controversial he is no matter how big of a bull in the china shop he is no matter how much of a you know um, just a, a typical street fighting uh, new yorker he comes across as as narcissistic as uh, sometimes a bully i mean obviously oftentimes a bully but even against his own uh, gop um, uh, colleagues, he continues to become more popular with every one of these steps that is that he takes or that is taken against him, and especially those who are, that, which are taken against him. And I think that you're right; it's becoming more evident to even so many of the, what I call, and I mentioned them earlier uh, on the show, the, the more classical liberals, those those journalists who are are true liberals who are looking for fairness and they're looking for honesty in reporting and in journalism, they're starting to look at this and go, okay, has there ever been in not just our lifetime, but in history, a single uh, character, political figure, leader, former president, who has ever been treated in this manner and attacked in such a way that is now, it's irrefutable, Dan. We now know that 50 plus of those intelligence leaders in our country lied in order to try and stop his election in 20, uh, uh, 2016. They lied. They created this Russian scandal, scandal the Russian collusion scandal. It's a lie. And, and honest journalists on both sides of the aisle know that now. We know that the FBI and other intelligence services went to Facebook, sat down personally with Mark Zuckerberg and said, we need you to hide this Hunter Biden laptop information. Dan, there was no other reason to do that other than that these intelligence services were specifically and strictly ordered to work against the potential election of Donald J. Trump in 2016. And then fast forward, I'm sorry, 2020. And then fast forward uh, to the release of the Twitter files. And Elon Musk was incredibly brilliant in who he allowed to release that information. He brought in these, what I call again, classical liberal journalists, these guys who, who, most of them now, they seemingly have become what we call red pills. They have, they have, because of the the honesty and the integrity that they they show, they have moved from 
the left side of journalism over to the right. We're talking about Barry Weiss and we're talking about uh, Michael Schellenberger and we're talking about Twitter files and show us how deeply embedded government intelligence services were in Twitter, which was the de facto town square now of the United States of America. This was Main Street. This is where we, we get on our soapbox. This is where we talk about what we believe in. This is where we espouse our political ideas and ideals of the day. And they had embedded themselves into that company and were controlling the narrative to such an extent that polling showed us beyond any doubt that had those things not happened at Twitter and those things had not happened at Facebook. And if we had known about the contents and the actual validity of the Hunter Biden laptop story, that between 16 and 17% of Biden voters, not American voters, actual people that voted for Biden said that they had they known about that information they would not have voted for Biden in 2020. And, and with those numbers in just only the contested six or seven, five, six, seven counties that flipped the election back to Biden at three o'clock in the morning, Trump would have not only won those counties, but he would have won so many others across the state. He would have actually had a landslide of Reagan proportions in um, 1984. Sitting behind, sitting behind what you're talking about is the, the thing that needs to stir every American. And I think it's happening. People are really waking up and realizing how much corruption there is in our government. And it's top to bottom. I mean, look at what Christopher Ray is covering up. Chris Ray testifying before Congress when they were fighting over a document that's not even classified. Not being classified means legally any of us, any American citizen, can take a look at that document, but yet he refused over and over and over again to give the Congress the access to see it. And when they see it, it's heavily redacted, but even redacted the information in it proved that if this whistleblower is really real, and the FBI obviously knows he is. They've been paying him a bunch of money. He's their number one source for a lot of overseas information. They paid him over a couple of hundred thousand dollars, and he keeps coming back. They knew the new stuff that came out yesterday late about those phone calls with that Burisma Holdings, the guy at the top of that, 17 different recorded phone calls that included two of which were Joe Biden, the other 15 with Hunter Biden, and they discussed in detail the information and all of the data that went around bribery, what Joe Biden as vice president was going to do, not for Ukraine, but for Burisma Holdings in exchange and we know it's for one thing. We don't know what else is it, it, it's for yet because we don't have the actual conversations. But it's for $83,000 a month that Burisma paid to Hunter Biden just to serve on the board of directors. 
There is so much of this out there, but the damning thing is not so much President and Hunter Biden. It's Christopher Ray of the FBI that had that audio conversation redacted out of that 1023 form that he let those members of the House of Representatives see, but only see, in a skiff. And that in itself tells you a lot. So when we have the FBI that is now nowhere near being a good law enforcement agency, in fact, they're a political pundit agency. That's all they're into. When you've got that in place, Americans need to start asking these questions. Where else in our government is there... Well, let's see. I think we've been disconnected. Are you there, Steve? I'm here. Did we have a... Man, I thought... I I didn't know we we disconnected. I apologize for it. I was just talking about um, the corruption that Americans are now seeing, and it's not just in Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, the Biden family syndicate, and it's not just across a few other places in our government. The FBI, they've gone all rogue. Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, when he testified before Congress, he basically lied by not giving us, the American people, the facts about that Form 1023. And then when they get to look at the form, heavily redacted, we find out from the whistleblower himself through a Republican in the Senate that there are 17 audio recordings that he has, that Ukrainian guru that headed up Burisma Holdings. I don't know if the guy still is. Right. But 17 recordings, two of which were with Joe, the other 15 with Hunter, and they confirm the bribery that was going on with Joe Biden. Those kind of things we're seeing, but we're not able to grab them as they happen. It's like trying to pull nails, nails that have been driven into a two-by-four, pull them out with your fingers. You can't do it. We're living in a third-world intelligence community-run United States of America. There's no question about it. So what I'll do you, you what when, do you do? When, what do you how do you handle that? I don't know. I don't know, but when Senator Chuck Grassley yesterday revealed the existence of those um, you know 15 recordings um, from this uh, ex-Burisma uh, executive with Hunter and two of those with Joe Biden and he talked about that and said that these were essentially recorded by the Burisma executive as insurance in case anything uh, could potentially go wrong or happen in their deals. And of course we know what these deals are. This was a $5 million payment directly to um, Hunter and then a $5 million payment also to the big guy, Joe. Uh, the only thing I could think of Dan, and I hate to be this cynical was I was like, please, please, please don't let this be another one of those uh, teases like we got from Trump's lawyer, Sidney Powell about unleashing the Kraken about proof of the stolen election in 2020, because we all know what the end result of that was. We had a riot in Washington that <laughs> substantially changed my life. And you, you asked me what, what are people going to do and how are they going to react to these kinds of things? 
if if we see this information and it and they show us unredacted files and then they show us or they allow us to hear these recordings these 17 recordings if they actually exist and they play these for the american people and then they don't do anything about the biden crime family and they continue with the prosecution of donald trump dan i'm telling you january 6th is it's going to look like a you know um, a college panty raid. It's just not going to. It, it, it's it's not going to come out well for this country. People are going to take to the streets, and it is going to get violent. And this time, it really is going to come from the right. I don't want it to happen. I'm not predicting it. I'm not calling for it. I'm being very clear for our Langley listeners right now that this is not something that I'm calling for. This is not the world. This is not the country that I want for my children. But I'm telling you, if you don't fairly execute justice, if we do not have blind justice, it is not equal and balanced justice on the scales of justice. And it's so demonstrably evident in the people's eyes that this country has decided that it's going to protect the criminality of one side and prosecute the political ideology of the other side by comparison, they are leading us to war, actual civil war, and it's going to happen. The big, the, the big thing in this that really bothers me the most is our leaders see it, and they know that is one of the, uh, one of the things that might happen, but they look at the landscape. They're up there in D.C. They know a lot more than we think they know. I mean, they're a massive organization of the bureaucrats that technically run the White House. So there are a bunch of people working for Joe Biden that really know what's going on and how dangerous it is, but yet they continue down that road. Joe Biden knows more than we think he knows. He's orchestrating more than we think he's orchestrating. And honestly, I don't think he has the cognitive ability to be the real leader of the of the number one nation in, in the in 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 the earth, the United States. But he's still making decisions, and people are acting accordingly. That you put that together with who really is out there manipulating Joe Biden to do the things he's doing, it is probably 10 times wider and 100 times deeper, the corruption in our government, than you and I think it is. And both of us are realists when it comes to this. We've known this for years, that our government was being taken over for purposes that aren't necessarily anything to do with the United States, but on a global level. And Americans have heard this, but now we're seeing it firsthand. And they're doing these things with impunity. They really don't care what we think. I think that was the first sign I got, probably a third of the way into Donald Trump's term. When I watched what government around him was doing, and they began the investigations, I really accepted the fact that there is a swamp, there is a deep state, 
And it's not just showing up now. And what happened was Donald Trump messed up their party when he got elected. And they swore that would never happen again. And they're committed to do whatever it takes at the cost, at the expense of the American people to take over this government and show the right who's really in charge and how much power they really have. If and when that happens, I predicted this back when when Trump went through his first impeachment trial. I said this then. In the next three years, we're going to see armed conflict on the streets of America as conservatives finally say, we've had enough. We want our country. Give it back to us. That I think they became... Yeah, I think they became so emboldened by what happened in 2020. And I'm not talking about the election itself, but what led up to the election. Obviously, that was the beginning of uh, the COVID regime. And I think they became so emboldened by their victory in seeing how easily they could manipulate the American public into the lockdown regimes, the uh, then the mask mandates, and then, of course, then came the vaccine rollout and the subsequent vaccine mandates. They saw that they were able to get private companies, although they were not ordered by the government to initiate vaccine mandates. They, they got private companies to do that themselves. Uh, and then they, obviously, we had in the middle of all of that, we had the election. We saw, as I mentioned earlier, the success they had in manipulating the American public. And I'm not even getting into, I'm not getting into the, the, the stolen election related to ballot machines or tabulating machines or um, uh, ballot stuffing. And I'm not even, we don't even have to go there. We know that they won that election and they turned it over to Biden just by the psychological manipulation of the country by withholding Information. Remember when Tucker said it's not what they tell us that's wrong on the right. It's what they don't tell us. It's the lie of omission that affects policy and affects the American mindset more than anything else. And that's what happened in 2020 in the election. And as, as we see what they were able to accomplish during that time, and then they got the, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. They on January 6th, won the narrative of the century by what happened that day. And when they had those three, it was the hat trick. Once they had that, um, they had the COVID win, they had the election win, and they had the J6 narrative win, they believed, I think, Dan, that they could get by with anything at that point. And then they began doubling down and pushing harder and faster and the if there's a if there's a silver lining here it is that so many in america not just on the right but so many even on the other side are recognizing that wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute what's going on here i think we've taken this too far and that may save us if it doesn't and they continue this doubling down process and they continue to ram these policies. They continue to ram this. Um, uh, there's just, there, look, there's, there's no other way to say it. And I know we opened my segment today talking about this White House um, uh, pride event. But, but Dan, th- this, this goes back 
so much further. I mean, when when the Obama administration successfully got through the, the you know the gay marriage uh, law, I wrote a story back then, and I said, okay, okay, all right. From a from a civil libertarian standpoint, I said this is basically I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing the title of my article. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I think it was when was that 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. And I said, okay, go ahead and celebrate, but don't retaliate. And then since then, in that last decade plus, we've seen now the retaliation and then ramping that up because it went from just winning the right to be legally married to then forcing, you know, the baker to bake the cake for the gay marriage. And then they began all of this legal struggle to not be equal, but to be more equal, to be placed on a pedestal, to be preferred, to have preferred designation uh, before the law. And then, of course, they took it even further from there. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing on the streets of America today with these uh, children being uh, being brought to parades of absolute open perversion in our streets. That's why we're seeing the forced um, uh, or, or we're seeing this this push to put, I mean, literature, they call it literature, but it's pornography into our school libraries and then calling it banned and then calling it book banning when it's not banned. I mean, my goodness, Dan, if, if a parent wants to show this to their children, they can order it from Amazon and a, and a hundred other places online. That's not a ban. That's just like any other pornographic publication that's not allowed in school libraries, whether it's Hustler or Playboy or whatever. They're not in there because they're quote unquote not, not appropriate. That doesn't mean that they're banned. They're still available to the public. But again, my point is, is that they have pushed these things now so hard and so fast since 2020 that America is waking up. And that, that may save us. I hope it does. Put that in the context of the, uh, this indictment of Donald Trump. And in closing this segment out today, tell us where that will go in your opinion and what it's going to do as it plays out over the next months. Um, it, it goes it goes down to something I just said a moment ago, Dan. It, it is we have to have equal justice. Our law, we are a nation of law, not men. That was how we, we were founded. We were not founded on the principle of a king or a ruler or an emperor or even judges ruling over us. We were founded as a nation based on equally applied law, equal justice for all. That's the foundational, fundamental, bedrock truth of this country. But we don't and have that. We, we don't have that right no, now. No, we don't. We Trump, don't have that. Trump doesn't. Have that. Trump doesn't have that right now. So no, and that's my point. What that's do my we? Point. Okay, we but which which way do we go? Will we turn around? Will the American people, in sufficiency, turn around and demand that we go back away from the power? at the top and power back in the hands of the people, this Donald Trump thing, if it doesn't do anything else, it's exposing all of this crud that is there. Do you really, do you think that we, the people can get to a position where we take it back? We have, we have a razor thin difference on Capitol Hill right now between what I call the neo-communist party and the socialist lights and the GOP. If the GOP does not take 
this advantage that they have right now. There, there's a real advantage that they have. And I'm not talking about the razor thin majority in the House of Representatives. They have the ability right now to show and prove that the left has pushed this too far, not just in the Department of Justice, not just in all of our security and, and intelligence services, but also with this Biden story that's coming out right now. If they do not take this to the streets, to the microphones, to the television cameras, and show us that they don't tell us that these documents that they're talking about that they have access to, you know, Dan, they're not classified documents. They could be showing them to us right now. Why are they not showing them to us? They have to stick them in the American people's face. They have to take these audio recordings. If these, audio, if these 17 recordings exist, they have to roll them out. They have to play them for us and put them on a 24-hour loop seven days a week and for as long as it takes to permeate the consciousness of enough Americans to do what you're talking about, to rise up against this and demand equal justice. And because, I, as I said before, if they continue down this path with Trump and 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 God bless him. I'm not a fan, but I have been put in a position more often than not, especially in the last two years of defending him. There's a difference between uh, somebody who's honestly not a supporter, but can honestly defend injustice. And that's what the position is that I've been put in by the left, by the Department of Justice, and by this weaponization, not just against Americans, not just against J6ers, but also against the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. I've been put in a position to where I have to defend him on a regular basis. And this is one of those times. Is he guilty? Is he innocent of one or two or five of these 37 indictments that have been brought against him right now? I don't know. He might be. But you know what? So is, by comparison, every single one of his predecessors in spades. So either apply these laws equally or back off and don't turn us into a banana republic. Because if you do that, banana republics, we take to the, or they take to the streets and they start fighting with each other and it gets ugly. And that's not the, that's not the nation we were designed to be. And it's not the nation I want to leave for my children. Well, let's hope that how you feel and how I feel right now about what's hanging over our heads, that we can be part of a turnaround to help this be a situation where we, the people, take it all back. Steve, you're a patriot. I'm a big fan, and I appreciate you sharing these Tuesdays with us. Any news from Capitol Hill, J6-related, anything new? Yeah, there's actually going to be a uh, meeting today that's going to be led by uh, Matt Gates. There's going to be quite a few other uh, legislators in this meeting as well as some J6 um, characters, and they're going to, they're basically doing a, a press conference. It's going to be on C-SPAN at 1.30 Eastern time today, and they are trying to put some of these more uh, radical weaponization uh, uh, concepts that have been taking place in the Department of Justice against average, everyday, normal people and trying to keep this in front of the American people. So this is a positive sign. It's not a congressional hearing, but it is a presentation by several legislatures, and they're going to bring some of these uh, J6ers forward and tell their stories today. And so who knows? Maybe we'll get uh, – uh, maybe this is a, a good first step towards finally getting another um, uh, J6-type select committee hearing to really, really do the job that that first – select committee did not do, which of course that first, that first uh, house select committee was nothing more than a Hollywood produced um, 
uh, sham. So we need we need a real hearing. All right, my friend, keep us posted on that and any other big story that you get. You're welcome here anytime. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. Steve Baker, investigative journalist, one of our close friends and uh, really a big voice on this show, TNN Live. He has his own show, his own website. Check him out. Follow his stuff. He's really good. He's one of those deep divers. I love that. People that are out there that they'll do whatever it takes to get to the facts. More. Hey, we're not done yet. Fox Wednesday. Could this mysterious princess unlock riches? She's a bad singer. All hail, Princess Adrian. All new I Can See Her Voice. Then, TV's number one new show's top ten face double elimination. No one is safe. This can't be good. All new I Can See Her Voice and all new Next Level Chef Wednesday on Fox. No doubt you've heard about this subliminal seduction nonsense. You know, commercials that are supposed to have hidden messages in them. Well, Baron's Saloon denies any use of this so-called mind control. After all, Baron's is seductive enough as it is. Get in your car and come right now. What with a 16-page dinner menu crammed with delectable items. You're starting to salivate. 30 dinner items under $5. Cheap out, say big bucks. And a happy hour that lasts from 4 till 8 p.m. Obviously, Barron's has that rare combination of good food, good fun, and good prices. So let's put this subliminal seduction nonsense to rest. Nobody can do your thinking for you. You either want to come to Barron's, or you don't. Barron's, Airport and South Academy. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. When the lie becomes the norm, speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. It's always have, good to have Steve Baker join us on these Tuesdays. And speaking of joining us, don't forget Dr. Judy Mikovits, one of the greatest innovators regarding COVID and other infectious diseases. She has exposed much of the wrongdoing by Dr. Anthony Fauci, oh my gosh. And she paid a hefty price for it. She will be joining us live this coming Monday morning at 9, very top of the show. Make a note, you don't want to miss it, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Something that we don't hear much about anymore. It's like it's gone away. Our southern border and what's happening down there. Well, we predicted this was going to happen, and we find out now it has been confirmed. Wanted killers are among the more than 2 million border crosses and illegal aliens that Representative Tom McClintock, a Republican from California, he estimates that have been released into the United States since Joe Biden took office. Late last month, ICE agents arrested a 50-year-old illegal alien from Brazil 
and a member of the nation's largest criminal gang, known as Primero Commando de Capital, who was convicted of murder. The illegal gang member first crossed the U.S.-Mexico border near San Luis, Arizona in March this year. At the time, he was apprehended by Border Patrol agents and put into deportation proceedings. Subsequently, thanks to the Biden's expansive catch-and-release network, that gang member was given a notice to appear before a federal immigration judge and was released. Think about that. R.J. Hallman, president of the newly formed National Immigration Center for Enforcement, said that the illegal alien gang member's case is yet another dangerous example of flaws in the vetting that the Biden administration says occur when illegals are encountered at the border and then released into the country. The Border Patrol has no access to foreign criminal databases. The only way they would know about an illegal's criminal record is if they committed a crime while they're here. So what are we supposed to do? Believe everything an illegal alien says? Fortunately, the brave men and women of ICE saved the day. When will their open borders political leaders finally be held accountable? In another case, just like this, twice deported illegal alien Edickson Paulino Castaño, 52 years old, was deported for the third time from the U.S. after he had been released into the U.S. interior on an order of supervision in September of 2021. Castaño was wanted for murder in his native Dominican Republic. John Fabricator, an advisory board member for NICE and a retired ICE field office director, said that Biden's laissez-faire attitude towards enforcement is resulting in illegal aliens, including violent criminals, continually being released into the U.S. interior. Representative Chris Roy from Texas, I'm one of his fans, he's gotten on the bandwagon about the stuff happening at the southern border. His state, Texas, is literally being invaded by hundreds of thousands and now more than a million illegals have come across into Texas. And he went nuts in Congress talking about this. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Mr. Reichel Melnick, let me ask you a question. Is Joe Manchin, Senator from West Virginia, is he a racist? Uh, I can't comment on that. Okay, what about Mark Kelly from Arizona? Similarly cannot comment on that. Maggie Hessen, Also Senator cannot comment. New Hampshire, okay. Can't comment on there being a racist or not. How about Senator Raphael Warnock from Georgia? Similarly, I'm, I'm not familiar. Okay. How about Catherine Cortez Masso from Nevada? Likewise, Mr. Roy. Okay. Can't comment on whether they're racist or not. I don't have an opinion as to the matter. Okay. Because you called me a racist. And I, you called me a racist because I said that Title 42 should be enforced. Something, by the, by the way, that this administration did to the tune of over a million people. I believe it's about 2.5 million people. Uh, actually. Right. So this administration is racist? Uh, I believe this administration has made a number of failures in the racial justice front. So the Biden administration is racist? I, I can't comment as the administration Interesting. in general. Good to know. Good to know that the Biden administration is racist and get that on the record. Uh, the fact is, people who want to enforce Title 42 believe that there is a reason that Title 42 was put in place, but they also recognize that Title 42 is, in fact, a Band-Aid on a very broken system where the laws were not being enforced otherwise. But to throw around words like racist, let me ask you a, a question. Is my friend... Uh, Henry Cuellar, 
Is he a racist? I can't comment on that. Right, because Henry Cuellar said the border community is very concerned about Title 42 being lifted. This message of lifting Title IV is going straight to the criminal organizations. He stood up and said that Title 42 should be enforced. The administration stood up. The senators I just listed said that Title 42 should have stayed in place. Now, my personal view is that Title 42 wasn't the thing that needed to stay in place, that what ought to be in place is an actual border security that secures the border. Mr. Wolf, in your position at the head of the Department of Homeland Security, notwithstanding what my colleagues want to throw around with the ad hominem attacks, uh, you were, in fact, charged with securing the homeland, right? That was actually your task, yes. securing the homeland at the Department of Homeland Security? That's correct. Right. And did you do that? Yes. Right. And is the current administration securing the homeland? No. No. In any measure, in any way, shape, or form, is the current Secretary of Homeland Security carrying out his duty faithfully under the Constitution to secure the homeland of the United States? He is not. As I've outlined in my written testimony and oral testimony, there's numerous instances where he is not faithfully um, executing the law. I thank, I thank you, Secretary Wolf. What I would say is, uh, if you go back to April of 2022, in a Judiciary Committee hearing, I read word for word the statutory definition of operational control under the Secure Fence Act. I read it sitting right over here. There was a chart. And I put up the chart. I put up the text. And the text says... Operational control means the prevention of all unlawful entries into the United States, including entries by terrorists, other unlawful aliens, instruments of terrorism, narcotics, and other contraband. I asked Secretary Mayorkas, do you have operational control? And his response was, I do. And Congressman, I think the Secretary of Homeland Security would have said the same thing in 2020 and 2019. In March of 2023, however, in a Senate hearing, Secretary Marcus said, quote, with respect to the definition of operational control, I do not use the definition that appears in the Secure Fence Act. And the Secure Fence Act provides statutorily that operational control is defined as preventing all unlawful entries in the United States. By that definition, no administration has ever had operational control. Just two weeks prior, United States Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz answered, no, sir. When asked by Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green, does DHS have operational control of the entire southwest border? So the United States Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz says, we do not have operational control of the border. He answered straight up, truthfully, no, sir. Why was it that the Secretary of Homeland Security, when I asked him that question, he said, yes, we have operational control. He said, I do, to be more precise. But then, in the Senate, he comes back and says, oh, but no, I'm sorry, if you use that definition, you know, the one in the statute, uh, no, no one has ever had operational control. What is your response to that, and how would you characterize having operational control of the border, as you uh, would say in the uh, previous administration compared to current? Well, I would certainly talk about my time in the Trump administration, and if I were to get asked that question, whether we had operational control, the answer was no, we did not. Uh, neither was the border secure. And I think words matter here. Those are very definitive statements. I always talked about how we were making the border more secure, or it was the most secure in our lifetime. Uh, but to say that you have complete operational control, to say that the border is closed, to say that it is secure, you're hiding the ball from the American people. You're not being transparent. And it's for a purpose, uh, I think you can only guess, a political purpose, uh, but it also defies what the men and women of the Border Patrol and others are doing down there. When they see their political leadership make these sorts of statements, 
it, it, it's, it, it's so bad, it's hard to find words. They, they don't know what to think because they are on the line. They are on that border every single day watching the hundreds of thousands of individuals walk past them that they have to process. And they see that someone is saying that this border is secure. Or you see the 200 known or suspected terrorists that have come across this border in the last two years, but somehow that border is closed and secure. I don't understand it. Yeah, kind of like accusing people of whipping migrants at the border. I yield back. We are in a bad place in our nation for a lot of different reasons. China's about to invade Taiwan. They've started getting Americans out of Taiwan. China is threatening. They're in any airstrike that we, not airstrike, but any testing or any observations we're doing in international airspace they're flying their fighter jets and they're intimidating our pilots, trying to make us think that we are subservient to communist China. That's happening there in the United States. We're being flooded at our southern border by hundreds of thousands, millions of illegals. While our government, Joe Biden in Washington, D.C., and all those minions that work with and for him are just looking at what's going on and they're just kind of shrugging their heads. It's kind of like, there's nothing we can do. The president wants this stuff to happen. He wants the southern border open. He wants China getting back in charge for the very first time, as a matter of fact. China is getting close to being the number one economy on earth. And they're taking control of parts of our country, our government, our administration, in many ways, doing it by bribing people. And then there's this. We find out over the weekend that China is building a spy base in Cuba. It's only 80 80 miles away from the United States. And that's not a recent development. Dates to the time when Donald Trump was ending his term in office. So during a press briefing at the White House, John Kirby, Admiral Kirby, he's the spokesman for the National Security Council, he confirmed that the Biden administration is aware of Chinese intelligence collecting capabilities in Cuba and that we, listen to what he said, we're taking them seriously. We're not going to be able to get into too much detail about our own counterintelligence efforts, he said, as we've communicated over the weekend This is not a new development that China's been trying to achieve some intelligence gathering capabilities in Cuba and frankly elsewhere in our hemisphere and that from day one when we came in, we took this issue seriously. The remarks came after several outlets reported Beijing has been operating a spy base in Cuba since 2019. Previously, both the White House and the Pentagon denied claims that China struck a secret agreement with Cuba recently to build the spy base, which was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. The report cited anonymous sources. I love anonymous sources, don't you? I never know who to believe. Well, the report cited anonymous sources who said that Beijing had agreed to pay Cuba billions, billions of dollars for the opportunity to build the spy facility in the United States' backyard. Kirby claimed the report was not accurate, but he didn't elaborate on 
what he thought was incorrect. And then there's Secretary of State Antony Blinken. He stated that the Trump administration hasn't done enough to prevent Chinese ambitions to increase overseas intelligence gathering. That's kind of like the way you do it if you're a Democrat and you get in government, especially after a Republican administration. Anything bad that happens, any bad news comes out, you just blame it on the Republicans. Antony Blinken blamed where we are regarding China in Cuba. He blamed it on Donald Trump. China upgraded its Cuban intelligence collection facilities back in 2019. It was our assessment, Blinken said, that despite awareness of the basing efforts and some attempts to address the challenge in the past administration, we weren't making enough progress on this issue and we needed a more direct approach. And that's exactly what President Biden instructed his team to do to address the challenge. Of course, Blinken didn't tell us what they are doing to to address the challenge. And so on his Truth Social account, former President Trump blamed Biden for the spying facility in Cuba. China just effectively took over Cuba, he wrote on June the 12th, would never happen under the Trump administration. John Ratcliffe, director of national intelligence under Trump, denied that there was a Chinese spy facility in Cuba during their administration. It's absurd. And just like with the spy balloon situation, you'll see Trump administration officials coming out and saying, it's simply not true. The strategy for the Biden administration is to deny it until we can't deny it anymore. And then find a way to blame Donald Trump and his administration for it. Every day, we find out just how inept and keeping the nation protected is this administration. We have got to see changes. Well, that's a wrap on Tuesday. Thanks, as always, for joining us here. And don't forget, much ahead in upcoming days. Make sure you join us every day, 9 to 11 a.m. Central at TNN Live. See you tomorrow.